it is November 8th. We are here writing together. We have our little writing breakfast date. And Addie, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that last night we recorded and released an episode of the podcast? I do. Do you remember that in that episode you mentioned that you were a former pleasure to have in class and your teachers would be rolling in their graves if they knew you hadn't done your homework? Yeah. Addie, what did you do to your teachers? I didn't think they were dead. (laughs) (laughs) They're not. Welcome to Going Prose, the podcast where we chronicle our attempt to write a novel in a month, and also our descent into madness. These things are unrelated, probably. (laughs) (laughs) I am A.D. Ellicott, and according to my spreadsheets, I'm stuck about seven days in the past. And I'm CZ Tax. I'm doing my best to practice optimism and gratitude and whatnot, but I also might be about to fucking bite someone. So clearly you're having a good week. Yeah, like I realize that I'm ahead of you on word count and you're not going to be at all sympathetic to this, (laughs) but this week fucking sucked for me, bro. I've only written on like three days out of seven. I'm having a lot of issues with like stuff building up in my like non-novel life at like work and that. Um, And the only thing I found that sort of kind of worked to stay on track is specifically advised against in this week's chapter. So that's nice. Uh, I'll, uh, well, let's, let's insert one of my voice memo daily diary thingamajigs here. So I started work at 7am and I finished work at 7pm and I am not doing any writing today. I am going the fuck to bed out of self-defense before anything else tries to fucking happen. So that's that's about where I'm at. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like you're not going to be sympathetic to this either. Probably but not. My week was also pretty terrible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as I alluded to, we are two weeks in, and I am one week behind on word count. Yeah. But you know, let's not dwell. You said you were doing your best to practice optimism and gratitude. So let's be grateful for the shining light that is no plot, no problem, which I'm sure is a font of optimism. (laughs) Yeah, no, not so much. Uh, So this is supposed to be the week where to quote uh, the author of No Plot, No Problem, Chris Beatty, uh, our homes are a mess, our friends are annoyed, and our bosses have started casting suspicious sidelong glances at us as they walk past our cubicles. Does that ring true for you? Uh, so very little of that rings true for me. Uh, mm. This is not the case for me mess-wise. That might be why I'm behind on word <laughs> count. But I personally like can't tolerate too much mess. Mm. I you know, lived in shared housing as a uni student, and mm-hmm. I have some cockroach and rat-related trauma. Yeah, fair. Um, my friends haven't noticed me ghosting them, which is actually pretty offensive, to be honest. But to, like, cut them some slack, I am the kind of person that you might go a month without hearing anything from. Yeah, it's really genuinely a miracle that I've managed to be your friend for this long without just (laughs) losing track of you. (laughs) But one thing about that that did ring true is uh, I did run into my boss while coming back from a writing session with, like, keyboard in hand. Mm -hmm. And so they are on to me, and this is very unfair because... I'm not writing on work time. Oh, no. <laughs> I was writing on my lunch break. Oh, oh no. Like for me, like 
my house is always a mess. I'm an extremely disorganized person. And like, I have books everywhere. I have shoes everywhere. I have mail everywhere. You know, it's always incredibly cluttered in here. Um, and I don't think it's more of a mess than usual. If anything, it's actually slightly better than usual. Thanks to all of my procrasty cleaning. Nice. Thank I did you. notice a difference. Thank you. Uh, and also a good chunk of my friends are also writers who are doing this same crazy bullshit with me. Uh, so I haven't really been ghosting them because we all go to the same cafes to sit down and write together and look dead eyed onto our terrifying empty word documents. But my boss has definitely noticed the bags under my eyes steadily increasing. Um, I don't write during work hours and I haven't told her that I'm doing this. So she's not suspicious about the writing specifically, but she definitely thinks I'm turning into a vampire. Which is silly because um, you've always been a bloodsucking creature of the night. You say the sweetest things to me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this is also supposed to be the week where the novelty is wearing off and writing gets a bit more demanding. I actually think I got this crisis out of the way last week, which is a little bit earlier than is predicted in the book. Yeah, as always, you're an overachiever, yes. (laughs) So, look, I'm feeling okay-ish, which is maybe a result of not pushing myself too hard, Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm also horrendously behind. Have I mentioned? Only once, or twice, an hour, all week. Uh, But hey, the main thing is to be kind to yourself. Uh, Even this very book says that falling behind a little bit is worth it to recover. And so I am just going to desperately cling on to that justification as to why I'm behind. It's definitely not because I fucked up. I'm just going to point out that I am further behind than you. It's not a competition, Addie. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it? Uh, Because this kind of feels like we've hit the point where it's a grudge match between me and my word count. I think I've only gotten through it by just reminding myself that, like, even if I only hit par every day going forward, I don't don't ever catch up. I th- I would still have like forty thousand words by the end of the month. I am actually, you know what? I am just going to point out if you stopped right now and didn't write a single other word for the entire rest of November, you would still have twelve thousand words that you didn't have before. Is that more or less than you'd normally write in a month? More. Ta da! <laughs> all right, all right. This chapter has a little bit about getting to the point where, like, rubber hits the road, your plot has to start happening. Mm-hmm. Betty says that's why this week is painful because you're actually getting stuff done. Is week two where the plot got going for you? No, my plot's been going for a minute now. Um, like, I hope that most people don't have 10,000 words of nothing but exposition. I certainly hope that something happens there. But like, even if you don't, even if this is absolutely the first time you've had actual events enter your novel, that's not a problem to solve right now. That's a problem to solve when you're editing at least 50,000 words later. Nice. This is also like not a problem I ever have. Even in this case where I've not plotted with what I think is sufficient detail to make the process smooth. <laughs> um, it's it's usually pretty clear to me what should happen next. But that being said, I'm only just wrapping up Act 1. Mm. I, I'm kind of curious. Do you feel like you've still got a really a good handle on your plot overall? Because I thought I was being so good and planning things out and using structure and everything. But then in the classic me fashion, I went herring off into the wilderness. Yeah, so even markedly less plotted out than I like to be. Mm. And I wish I was. I knew the plot from the start, and I couldn't have started without it. It may change, but I think it's always going to be there for me. Mm. Yeah, nah, can't relate. 
Uh, on to more advice from the book. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, do not divorce your story and run off with the new hotness. Well, I'm fucked because that's my one coping mechanism right now is... Uh, this is the advice that's yeah. getting you through yeah. that it's specifically advised against, right? Yes, exactly. Yes, uh, that is correct. This is the thing that I'm not supposed to be doing. I mean, I think in my case, I, it's not uh, running off with the new hotness. It's more like story polyamory. So like... Uh, I am still working on my main NaNoWriMo project. It's just that I have been having a rough time, you know, attempting to have any sort of executive function or sustained attention span or remember a goddamn thing this week. So I've kind of been coping with that by, you know, if the NaNoWriMo isn't coming I will jump over to doing some rewrites for my other novel. Um, I'm also, I've got a novel uh, that I've been co-writing with a friend on and off for a couple of months now. And I've jumped over and done a little bit of work on that. And then I come back to it and usually like giving myself that little bit of extra breathing room means that I can come back to it with a fresh perspective or with like, you know, just with more of my thoughts worked out. That being said, I am counting all of this towards my word count for November. <laughs> it's all going in the spreadsheet, baby. I, right. hope, I hope that I will have a 50,000 word draft of the novel for NaNoWriMo by the end of the month. But I'm not counting on it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, in my case, I am sticking with the one project mm-hmm. because what goddamn choice do I have? As the good book says, Addie, don't get it right. Get it written. You are not actually required to carve this in marble, you know. All right, so so this part of the chapter actually kind of reminded me of the whole like, mm. exuberant imperfection thing just restated. I mean, I'll, I'll give Betty this. He does stick to his themes. Yes. Mm. I What I have found helpful mm. in framing it for me is actually going one step further. Uh, just I've, I've accepted that it's crap. Yeah, uh, I've embraced that it's crap. Woohoo! Um, I think particularly if, like me, this is your first time doing NaNoWriMo, mm. uh, you're not doing this to have a book at the end, and it's easier if you accept that. Mm-hmm. You're doing this to, like, practice fitting in time to write mm-hmm. and sort of separating your drafting and your editing and keeping with a project even when it starts to get a bit tough. Yeah. So that is the souls of me, yeah. <laughs> is... I, like, I might not even have it. I probably won't have anything I like at the end of it. I might never look at this again, but I'm going to stick with it anyway. Hell yeah. And I mean, it's a cliche for a reason, but you can't edit a blank page. You know, you can, uh, you can turn the worst crap into something good, but you can't turn nothing into something. You have to start somewhere. Uh, now, this next part is extra relevant because here in our hometown, we are in the middle of another fucking COVID spike. Uh, guard your health. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So specifically, uh, he says, colds, flus and other opportunistic viruses are the failed writers of the microbe world. And my question for you, Tex, is what happened to your sentient virus short story? Oh, my God. I... I almost forgotten about this until you reminded me and um so i I have this uh short story about a sentient virus and i submitted it to an anthology about sci-fi diseases and they really liked it and then all of 2020 happened and i don't think that anthology is coming back so that story is (laughs) back in the trunk for now i i actually got sick this week so that was fun yeah do we have an audio journal yeah yeah so these were my thoughts on the day Um, so it's day, I don't know. 
I have not had a psychological breakdown, but my body is starting to break down. I am sick and it feels like crap. Um, but this did give me an opportunity to use what Chris Beatty calls like a noveling check-in. Uh, so this is a technique where you write just a few hundred words, even if uh, you can't meet your daily word count. And I physically couldn't re-meet my yeah. daily word yeah, count. Yeah, yeah. Were you checking in with your story? Not in the sense that uh, Chris Beatty puts it, where you just write a couple hundred words. Because like I think one of the things about me is like I once I start writing, I want to keep writing for as long as possible and kind of keep my momentum going. So like fitting in five minutes here and there is either going to leave me kind of frustrated or it's going to lead to me neglecting other stuff because I get distracted by writing. So I've got to be a little bit careful about that. But that being said, uh, even when I'm not writing, I'm thinking about the story. I'm thinking about what happens next. I'm like jotting down ideas. I'm, you know, all that stuff. If I added up all the words that I've written on post-it notes this week, I would probably be adding a couple hundred words a day. Nice. So my experience is actually exactly the opposite. Yep. I found it really helpful to like fit in five minutes here and there. Oh, absolutely. Um, like I am a freak show. We all know this. <laughs> I think it's just like different things work for different people. Yeah, absolutely. But on the days I was sick, I did just like a five minute sprint. Um, we've talked how like sprints of different lengths mm. work for different people. But what I found is like on my wordiest day, mm-hmm. I, I was only doing five minute sprints all day. Hmm. And I think why that worked for me was because like you can't say you don't have five minutes. Five minutes of writing, even if it's agonizing, like and in painful, which sometimes it is. Yeah. Five minutes and it's over. Yeah, anyone um, can tolerate <laughs> just about anything for five minutes, you know. Um but I found sometimes I would like start for five minutes and I'd go for fifteen. Mm. And I also found that, like, if I was always sort of, like, just between these five-minute sprints, I had, like, always had the story just out the corner of my eye. Mm. Yeah, I really like that. And it, it is, a, like, you know, there's a, I, I've seen many dozens of authors say variations on this theme, which is that no one can ever give you writing advice for you. They can only tell you what they do. So you've got to figure out, like, what works for yourself. But now we move on to unarguably the worst piece of homework slash advice from this week, which is to make a business case out of your novel, uh, by which Betty means explain what you've got so far in great detail to family and friends and let them tell you what they think should happen next. Now, let me begin by saying from painful experience, if your friends and family aren't also writers, they absolutely do not care and don't want to hear it. And even if they are writers, the odds are very good that they will not be that interested in working out your plot for you. Also, not only is this guy clearly an MBA. Uh, he is also an extrovert. Okay, two things. So first of all, I actually looked up Chris Beatty on LinkedIn and he has an MA in social sciences. So I don't know what his excuse for sounding like such an MBA bro is. Second of all, this better not be extrovert slander that you're leading up to because I am sitting right here. Look, props to the extroverts out there. I even have a friend who's an extrovert. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, but I am an introvert. And 
many writers are introverts and most of my friends are introverts. Mm. So trying this exercise for me is just inviting an uncomfortable hour with everyone sort of sitting silently around a table. Also, I I do got to say, like, thinking of your novel in terms of business cases and focus group testing is really going to encourage you to think about your book in terms of commercial potential or audience appeal. And there is nothing that will bring your inner editor roaring back faster than that. That is like not the stage that we're at. If you're churning out 50,000 words in a month, you do not want to be doing that. You know, if you're really stuck, there's a ton of ways to get unstuck out there that don't require you to do this. How? 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 Like, what are the tips? Oh, God. I mean, fucking Google how to get unstuck. But, like, my number one is just free writing. Like, just get a pen and a piece of paper and write longhand, like, every single thing that comes into your head. I usually start off with, like, fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Why am I doing this? Why is it so early? Why does my back hurt? Everything's terrible. And then after about half a page of just writing down all of my thoughts, uh, I usually, my brain starts waking up and getting bored of just writing fuck this shit over and over again. And I actually start coming up with ideas and linking things together and thinking more more creatively so you know we've talked about this before we've talked about morning pages all that kind of stuff there's also just make sure that at least one character in your cast is a guy whose only solution to every problem is to fight it and then have them turn up at a point where a fight is absolutely not called for and will not solve (laughs) anything and might make the situation worse and that will unfuck your plot every single time it doesn't work for everything you may have to edit it out afterwards but if you are genuinely really stuck and you can't think of everything anything have your guy turn up and try to fight something like a chair you know it doesn't matter (laughs) fucking whatever okay so that's your dirty trick for uh getting the plot moving Mm -hmm. letting things going again yeah uh what do you think of the dirty tricks in this chapter for upping your word count oh boy let me tell you, there's a correct answer to this. So do we want to say it together? Like on the count of three? Okay. One, two, three. I Fucking hate this. Hate <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I hate all of them. They're bad. They're so bad. I, if I get desperate, I might omit hyphens in words that should be hyphenated, but that is the upper limit. Yeah, I'm not of even the tomfoolery I'm willing to attempt. Yeah, absolutely not. I'm not even going to, we're not even going to talk about these. Let's just move the fuck on. The chapter is thankfully redeemed by the last chunk, I think, which is the part about inciting plot flashes. And there's a quote in here from someone called Rice Sheridan Peters uh, where she says, I don't wait for my muse to wander by, I go out and drag her home by her hair. Which I love. I love that quote. What do you think? I also love that quote. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. And, uh, you know, I think um, people, there's this like kind of weird cultural perception, at least where we are, where that like writing comes from this bolt from the blue inspiration. And that ultimately lends itself to a degree of like learned helplessness where you can only write if you have this perfect moment of inspiration and everything else is like a waste of your time. And like, I, of all people, absolutely cannot talk about discipline and stick to itness and blah, blah, whatever, because I am also bad at all of that. But you are not waiting on your muse to show up. You have to put the work in. You have to stalk the muse. You have to bait a trap for the muse. You have to duct tape its mouth shut and stuff it in the boot of your car. Oh, okay. That's not at all terrifying. Um, this reminded me of another quote about muses, which is, mildly less violent um (laughs) only mild okay uh let me just see if i can find it okay uh so it goes most people wait for the muse to turn up that's terribly unreliable i have to sit down and pursue my muse by attempting to work 
from Nick Cave. And so, this this pursuit involved no stalking. I am just going to say, you've listened to Nick Cave's music, right? Like, man's a national treasure, but you've heard murder ballads, right? Like, how are you <laughs> objecting to me stuffing my muse in the boot of my car, but you're also a Nick Cave fan? Come on. Uh, I shrugged. <laughs> and then I realized that this is sound and yes. no one could see that except yes, you. Yes, then you realized it was an audio medium. Yes. Look, Nick Cave is a national treasure, being fair. And that quote does make me think that I should go home and get some fucking writing done. Good on you. I'm going to uh, go home and cuddle my emotional support dog. Uh, to be clear, she wasn't an emotional support dog before the start of the month. Um, but she is thrilled with her new responsibility of cuddling up to me as I stared dead-eyed into a blank word document. Just like everybody else. Wow. Mm. It's nice that we're all in this together, you know? <laughs> it's nice that, with rare exceptions, everyone else is also finding this to be utter fucking bullshit and mm-hmm. wondering why they mm-hmm. did it right about now. So, same time next week? <sighs> I guess. You don't have to sound so enthusiastic, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Going Pros is hosted by A.D. Ellicott and C.Z. Tax. Our intro and outro music was by Nathan J. Phillips. For more information on the podcast, including where to find us on social media, visit czedtax.com slash podcast or check the episode notes. This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Ngunnawal people. <laughs>